We're going to jump back into the Pharisaeectomy. I know. I know. We're jumping back on the table. And I'm like, Lord, when, are you, when is this going to end? He's like, I don't know. Just, just keep going. Got a couple other things that I've been working on. And then he brings this back to mind. I thought I was going to speak on something different today. And, and then he uh, brought this to me this week. And so if you want to open your Bible to Luke chapter 4, um, that's where we're going to start. And so, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your, your sacrifice. We thank you for what you did so that we could be called sons and daughters. And we just ask that you would send Holy Spirit right now to uh, convict our hearts and bring change in us today. We ask that you would bring change inside of our hearts today. We ask for breakthrough to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need breakthrough, today's your day, all right? Um, I'm going to share some of the word, and then we're going to have a time of ministry, and we believe Jesus is going to touch you and heal you. So in Luke chapter 4, if you're there, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, <clears throat> this is how the Pharisees messed up again, all right? They did not honor Jesus. Everyone say they did not honor Jesus, all right? So verse 16, chapter 4, Luke four sixteen. so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, his hometown, right, where he was raised. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up and began to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, man, because he has anointed me to preach the good news or the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Come on, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Come on, amen, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Everyone say amen to that. Then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. Pretty uh, awesome setting there. I can just, I would love to be there. I would love to have seen that. And everyone's eyes were on him in the synagogue, and they were fixed on him. And they begin to say, to, they begin to say, and he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he just read a prophecy that they've been hearing their whole lives about this Messiah, this Jesus, whom the spirit of the Lord was going to rest upon, who's going to bring captives, uh, freedom to captives and prisoners and, and preach the good news to the poor and proclaim the year of the Lord. And they're like, they're hearing this read for, I don't know how many times they've heard it. And then Jesus says, today, this prophecy has been fulfilled. Woo. And so everyone there bore witness and they marveled at the grace in his words and that the words that came out of his mouth. And they said, and then here it happens. But isn't this Joseph's son? <laughs> we remember this guy growing up. He's the, he's the Messiah? And Jesus said to them, you will say to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, a prophet is not accepted in his own home. Whew. Would you say that with me? A prophet is not accepted in his own home. But Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. Listen to this. Shagun hit on it a minute ago that, that many people heard but didn't come into the invitation and receive it and, and step into the realization of it. Jesus prophesies. He says there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. Elijah was the prophet, right? When the heavens were shut up for three years and six months and there was a great famine on the whole land, but none of them 
<laughs> None of them had Elijah come to their house except for Zarephath. Of all the widows in all the land, she was the one who received the prophet. He's telling a story. And he goes, uh, in the region of Sidon to a widow, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, right? Elisha is another prophet who came in with a double portion of what Elijah carried. And he said there were many lepers in that day when Elisha was around, but none of them were cleansed except for Naaman. How many remember the story of Naaman the leper? He go, told them to go dip into the water, the Jordan, and when he came out, his skin was like a baby's skin. And what Jesus is saying is there were a lot of people in need when the prophet was present, but only the people that reached out to the prophet in faith received what the prophet had. Because a prophet's without honor in his own home. But if you honor, the Bible says, a prophet in the name of a prophet, what do you get? I'm going to say it again. We're going. If you honor the prophet in the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. Everyone say prophet's reward. So what happened was Jesus was saying, there are a lot of people in need right now, but only the ones that honor the prophet in the name of the prophet gets what the prophet brings with him. He's like, there were a lot of lepers, but only one received. There were a lot of widows, but only one received. And what was he speaking to? He was speaking to the condition of the heart that was in the room that became offended when they realized that he said he was the Messiah, but they knew him as Joseph's son. They were offended with him. And so what they did was they, their offense built a wall around their, around their faith and around their ability to see Jesus for who he really was. And their offense caused them to not be able to receive what the King of Kings and Lord of Lords carried. I can't even imagine being in the room, physically in the room with Jesus and not able to receive from him. Yet offense will cause us to do that. Mm. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard this, they were filled with anger. So they went from offense to anger. It actually says wrath. Wrath. And they rose up and they threw him out of the city and they led him to the brow of a hill on which the city was built and they were going to throw him over the cliff because they were so mad at Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus pressed through them I believe he was like translated, like he just walked right through them, you know, like he did through the walls. He just disappeared and moved on. And we're going to pick up from there today. What happened here? The Pharisee spirit is offended with Jesus when he says that I can heal everyone. The Pharisee spirit is offended when there's a declaration that says there's no marriage that's too far for Jesus to fix. Oh, well, you don't know about this marriage. You don't know about this business. The Pharisees never were able to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Every single turn, they just couldn't get it through their heart that this was really who he said, that he was who he said he was. And because of it, they never received what he had to offer. Whenever they were around Jesus, his presence stirred up the leaven that was planted in their hearts. So offense was sown in their hearts, so when Jesus would show up, they would present offense. Are y'all okay? Y'all are really quiet. Okay, I'm just... The other seed that had been sown in their heart would rise up when Jesus would come around. 
Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the parable of the seed and the sower. And he says he sowed good seed and it fell on good ground. But then the enemy came in and sowed other seeds. (laughs) Did you know that God's planted his seed inside of every one of us, but there's an enemy who lies and would love to come and sow other seed into our heart. And we don't know what other seed has been planted in our hearts until Jesus's presence comes around. And when his presence comes around, when the prophet shows up in the room, whatever's in here will rise to the surface. Our offenses, our questions, our doubts, our fears, every accusation against Jesus, against God, life's not fair, someone else has it better than I do, I'm jealous of them, it will all stir up. If it's been planted in our heart, it will show up when Jesus shows up. And every time Jesus showed up, the Pharisees, their offense would come out of their mouth. The offense that was in their heart would come out of their mouth, and they would ask Jesus ridiculous questions, right? So when Jesus was around, they would ask ridiculous questions. They would accuse him. They would show their offense. These are the only ways they knew how to respond to Jesus was through questions, offense, or to accuse other people because whatever seed is sown in our heart will rise to the surface when the presence of Jesus shows up. We use this example. I'm going to use it again. When Jesus was with his disciples in the Last Supper, you see three different kinds of seeds show up. John had a loving heart toward Jesus. So when Jesus was there, what did, the, what did the Bible say John did at the Last Supper? He laid his head on the chest of Jesus. Like to us Western men, that sounds really strange. Like, I would never do that. <laughs> but we don't understand the Middle Eastern culture. They're very affectionate, very loving, very hug. They'll, they'll walk down the street with their arms around each other, holding hands, hugging on each other. Like, it's just not our Western culture. But that's the way they were with Jesus. And John had love in his heart for Jesus. <laughs> and so they called him John the Beloved. And so the seed that was in his heart when Jesus was there was, was I'm going to lay on Jesus and show my affection. Then Peter was there. And Peter had denial seed sown inside of him. Because when Jesus said, hey, one of you is going to betray me, he's like, I will never do that. I will never betray you. I will never deny you. And as a matter of fact, I'll chop whoever's head off does. (laughs) That was inside of Peter. And then what happens just a few days later after Jesus was dead? He denies Jesus three different times. After saying, I'll never do it. Why? Because the seed that was there came to the surface when Jesus was around. And then he got Judas. Judas was there, and he'd been sowing seeds of, of uh, espionage. <laughs> he was going to sell Jesus out. This whole time he had had this plot and this plan for whatever reason, whether it was for money or to make Jesus make a move or all the different ideas that are out there of why Jesus did it or why Judas did it. He had the seed of betrayal in his heart. And so that when Jesus was there and he says, someone's going to betray me, he got up and he left. He couldn't handle it because he knew what he was going to do. Why? Because when Jesus shows up, what's in our heart rises to the surface. And it's actually the grace of God that causes that to happen. It even says that they marveled at his gracious words right here in the text. Grace causes whatever's there to grow so that we can see it. Because if I don't see it, it stays in darkness. And whatever's in darkness can rule my life if I don't know it's there. 
and the Pharisees had things that were sown in their heart, and they never came to Jesus out of need because they didn't recognize him for who he was. If we don't see Jesus as our answer, if we don't see Jesus as our Savior or as our Messiah, why would we ever come to him out of need? They saw him as a teacher, so they would come to him with questions. Or they saw him as a liar or a false prophet, so they would come to him as accusation. And they saw him as a judge according to the law of Moses. So they would say, hey, your disciples don't wash their hand. Hey, this woman was caught in adultery. Hey, this person didn't do what they're supposed to do. The law says to do this. What are you going to do? Because they didn't see Jesus for who he really was. Their offense in their heart, the seed, the other seed that had been sown inside of them clouded their ability to recognize Jesus. So when Jesus would show up as the answer to all of life's problems, now let's bring it to us. Jesus shows up in the room as the answer to every issue of life. And if we don't see him as the potential answer for our life, then we won't even ask him for anything. We won't even recognize our need for him. And every time the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law would encounter the Messiah, the one who could satisfy every longing of their heart, they could only focus with what they brought to the encounter. I'm going to say that again because that is what you need to remember from today. Every time Jesus showed up, the only thing that they were aware of wasn't what Jesus brought. It was what they brought to the encounter. Well, I'm just a, I'm a, some of us, I'm just a wicked sinner. Why are you focusing on what you bring into the presence of Jesus instead of what he brings? Well, I'm, I'm broken. Why are you focusing on being broken when Jesus came to heal those that were broken? Well, I'm, I'm, I have a poverty mindset or I have an addiction or I have this or I have that. And we come to Jesus with an awareness of what we don't have or what we aren't instead of recognizing him as the Messiah. And so what it does is it keeps us from ever acknowledging our need for him because all we can see is where we fail instead of seeing where he's greater than all of those things. And the, the, the Pharisees, they never could do it. They only brought what they had to the table and they were never able to tap into what Jesus had. One time Jesus is standing looking over Jerusalem and he begins to cry. You remember the words he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often I would love to gather you. Gather you close like a mother hen would gather chicks under her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And when Jesus is in the room and he has the answer to our issue. And all we can think about is what's on our mind. He's saying that same thing over us. Fire life, fire life, how I would long to gather you under my wing. But you wouldn't let me because you don't see me as the answer. So the Lord today is going to break off of the offense or whatever it is that's clouding our ability to see Jesus as the almighty. Would you say almighty? Omnipotent. Say omnipotent. He's the almighty, the omnipotent Savior. He's all-powerful. Nothing is impossible with him. It's impossible with men. But with God, 
all things are possible. And every time we come in and we counter Jesus, we have to lay aside what we see and lay aside what we bring to the, to the equation. <laughs> and we have to recognize him for who he is. Amen? So I have a question for you. What do you need from him today? What do you need? Don't think about what you have or what you don't have or what you are or what you aren't. What do you need from him? What do you need him to do for you today? Are you able to access that place of, of, of I need Jesus? Are you able to access that place in your heart? So where you reach out to him and give him the opportunity. You guys okay? Well, let's stand up. That was the fastest sermon Jared's ever preached. Remember, we started all this with Jesus feeds the 5,000. They get in a boat. They're like, oh, no, we forgot bread again. And what did Jesus say? Why do you reason what you don't have? (laughs) Don't you remember what just happened? I can multiply anything and make it meet any need in your life. So what do you need right now? I, I want you to, if you're here with someone, you're sitting next to someone you came with, I want you to find someone as a partner today. And I want you to tell them what you need from Jesus, what you need from the Messiah today. Just reach out. Yeah, come on. This is how we're closing service. So, like, there's no decorum. Like, there's no rules. Just find someone. Don't stay alone.
us eyes to see, ears to hear who you are. word says my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus Jesus you are the answer come on we recognize you as Lord as Messiah (laughs) it's John 4 the woman at the well Jesus says hey give me a drink She's like, why are you asking me for a drink? He's like, if you knew who I was, if you knew the gift of God standing in front of you, you would have asked me for a drink. And he would give you living water and you'll never be thirsty again. So Jesus, we ask for living water today. Spirit, open our eyes to see Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's it's awesome that Shagoon had us pray about the Holy Spirit, and Mandy opened up about the Holy Spirit, because his job is to remind us of who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, it was sent to remind us of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come now and reveal Jesus to us. <laughs> Reveal his glory upon glory to us, his authority, his power, his mercy. Come on. Jesus, I just pray over everyone that we would learn to see you for who you are. You would open our eyes. 
that we would see your, your work in every area of our lives, that we would see your activity, that our hope would increase, that our faith would increase. Give us your eyes, your perspective, and all the other seed that's been sown that you didn't sow, we ask that you would uproot it. In Jesus' name, if that's you, would you just pray that with me? All other seed that the enemy has sown, Jesus, we ask you to uproot it. Let only what you've planted remain. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Thank you so much for being here. If you want prayer, we'll meet you here at the front. We bless you. (laughs) Be well, all of you. We just speak healing over your homes. In Jesus' name, we speak healing over your house. (laughs) Put the blood of Jesus over your doorpost. Amen. (laughs) We may look around and see destruction, but none of it shall come near me. In Jesus' name. Yeah, we do that. We put the blood of Jesus over our doorpost. (laughs) Be well in this season. In every way, prosper in Jesus' name. We love you. Thank you for being here.